0: Good morning, Sonya. Good morning, Judith. Welcome to the coach's cup. I'm coach Judith Fender. And this morning we are talking about vulnerability and with vulnerability, this was a really good toss off to my esteemed co-host, Sonya Green,
1: (laughs) who is
0: going endeavoring on some new vulnerable challenges right? Would it be a challenge, career, challenge, career? Help me out with the words here. Yeah,
1: it's definitely vulnerable. I mean, I guess it'll all be a challenge, right? Challenge is good. Challenge is where growth is. That's what I tell my students. Gotta have some courage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am starting to plan speaking engagements for the end of this year, because at the end of May, I will be retiring. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been an educator for 29 years. I will always be an educator. And so even though I'll also be coaching one-on-one, it hit me one day that I don't want to stop interacting with groups of people as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that when I really go go ahead. I'm sorry. So who who is your who is your market, your target group? Who's going to Well, you
1: know, it can be a variety. In my mind, I picture uh, and some of the, of the things that I've done before are speaking to companies, speaking mm-hmm. to uh, schools in their professional development. But I think clubs, organizations could also use this because mm-hmm. the things mm-hmm. we talk about like vulnerability, like mind management, mm-hmm. like work-life balance are all things that all of those people need. Mm-hmm. And That's so- Yeah, it's, it is a little vulnerable. I, in fact, I shared on, was it our love podcast about how this change in career has has left me feeling very vulnerable, but this is a part that I'm doing. I I have no second guesses about this because Mm -hmm. interacting with my students has been the joy of my career. So Mm -hmm. this part is easy. Mm -hmm. If you need me, find me. Mm (laughs) <laughs> greencoaching.com. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you can email me, you can reach out by email or DM me on Instagram, but yeah, I'm excited about this. This is, this is the fun kind of vulnerability.
0: Yeah. Well, if you need somebody to carry your luggage, I'm all about some trips. If I,
1: you- I know, <laughs> I know it. We can manage that.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so good. So Again, on the theme of vulnerability, we, we decided that we'll go with Brene Brown's definition right off the bat. Yeah,
1: I don't think we can do better than that.
0: Yeah. So Brene gives us the definition from Atlas of the Heart, that it is the emotion that we experience during times of uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Sonia. what's Yeah. Say net- he- <laughs> I I have,
1: I have a story to tell about emotional exposure because when I read that vulnerability is it's, it's like exposing everything about you. And my dad played football in high school and he was apparently a pretty good football player, but after every game, he said every game he ever played in high school, he always had a dream that he was walking around, whatever he was doing, he was naked. Oh, bless it. <laughs> and that is, that's yes. <laughs> what I think about when I think about emotional exposure, you know, it often, we will have those, what I call naked dreams mm-hmm. or, or dreams of being unprepared. You know, have you ever right. had a dream that you were walking into
0: a test and you didn't know there was? Oh a- no, no, no. It's the homework. I still have homework dreams that I didn't get the homework done
1: yes that College is 35 years ago exposure <laughs> so I just I had to share that because I think everybody's had some version of that
0: oh my gosh oh wait a minute is it possible that you haven't had vulnerable exposure if you're <laughs> listening to this podcast no. and if
1: you haven't shame on you for not getting out there <laughs> so and wait a stretching minute. your limit <laughs> we are going to get you to stretch your limits
0: Shame and vulnerability go together, you know,
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't really mean the shame on no- you. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's, there needs to be a naked dream in your future.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. So what kind of got us going? We've touched on vulnerability several times, but I have worked with clients in the past who are older and one in particular was caring for her husband and did not want to ask for help. And her husband uh, did have medical conditions where, you know, she was at an age and he was at a condition that she needed both physical help Mm -hmm. and she needed emotional support. And she grew up of a generation that, you know, by the bootstraps and she was very accomplished and well currently is she's still here, but The lot of the coaching that we did was on her resistance to asking for help and the vulnerability that she felt and the stories that her brain would go to as to why she wouldn't ask for help and how hard she would work and make her life to not ask for help, to be so self-sufficient to a, to a, to a fault, but with a lot of pain and suffering.
1: You know, that whole bootstrap concept Mm -hmm. is very strong in our culture. That's a myth. Mm -hmm. That is a complete myth that we like to believe. We like to believe that we pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and do everything independently on our own. But when we start examining the real successes in life, How many of those people did it completely alone, pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and never
0: got any help? Right. And that story. Yes. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a deeply embedded. I'm going to say it. It Deeply embedded story and her brain could find evidence Mm -hmm. for all the ways. Very compelling story. Yeah. Lots of stories, but the resistance and how easy it is one to be an outsider. And think, you know, asking for help. It's okay. It is actually a sign of strength, but that it is not a sign of weakness, which was my client's perception that it, yes. she would be to ask for help. And it stemmed from a lot of fear, right? She's aging mm-hmm. and, and not, not, and seeing it as a combination of her age and vulnerability in that moment with her story.
1: Yeah. But we can find those stories reasons not to ask for help at any age. And I think that's why this is such an important topic. <laughs> I guess I feel really exposed on this topic because it's one that that I have dealt with. I've believed that story that it's weak to ask for help. Mm. And have actually, over the last uh, three or four months, especially been trying to work on accepting and asking for help from others, because it's something I have to actively do. It does not feel right in my body. Like all the sirens go off. If I start to think I need to ask for help, all the reasons why I don't need to ask for You can do this. You don't want to do that. What are they going to think of you? (laughs)
0: <laughs> Similarly, even you saying that I think about versions of me a couple months ago too. I didn't even know that I did I, I didn't even know how to ask for help. I don't yes. even know that story as much as I was just paralyzed. <laughs> yes, that that's true. That is such a good
1: point. I know when you know I've mentioned back in December when dad was was not well and then we had the tornado, and several times people reached out to me and said what can I do to help? What can I do? I'll do, what do you need? And I was like, there's nothing. And I really did not think there was anything. And my sweet administrative assistant, she texted me and she said, Tuesday, when you get here, I'm going to have a salad and a chicken pot pie for you to take home for dinner that night. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And is that okay? And, you know, my, my, I got ready to text back. Oh no, you don't need to do that. But I thought, no, that sounds fantastic. And that's exactly what I'm going to say to her.
0: Hmm. And And that is
1: what I said. And it was fantastic not to have to cook dinner.
0: Right. And what a gift, because then you allowed her to experience the gift of giving, which makes the, the, the circle complete on the exchange, it allowed her to feel valued and to care for you. And you got to feel value. You got to expose yourself Mm -hmm. and to feel cared for and valued by your friend. How awesome. Yeah.
1: But I think you're right. I think so many times we don't even know what to ask for because the story is so strong in our brains
0: that we do it ourselves. Right. And I can totally, you know, thinking about myself, it's, it's exactly, and it was shortly before Christmas, mostly after Christmas that I could even articulate and look back with a lot of clarity and maybe overwhelm, maybe depression, maybe grief, Mm -hmm. who knows what all of those emotions were, but it's something to consider when you're working, you know, with your family members or, you know, having that ability to, I guess, I'm going to go with empathy, stepping into the empathy role and what, What is it? What's going on in their world? What could be, they what could they be experiencing? And how can you help someone who is not asking for help? Who in your life might need help and is not asking?
1: Yeah, and being specific like that, you know, Mm -hmm. if she hadn't said, "I'm bringing this," Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it wasn't an (laughs) option. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and that was that was comforting hearing that. Mm -hmm. But you know, many times it is. When, when the vulnerability is within us, it's easy to offer help to other people. How do we get in a mindset to think about how to ask for help? Like when you're coaching those clients, how do you help them get into that mindset?
0: With this particular client, it, it was a process of showing her, getting her to see Mm -hmm. that the real value and the authenticity is asking for help to be that. it takes courage, mm-hmm. which is not weakness and that it is authentic to ask for help, that there are those who do want to help her and who they perceive her. Right. And her perception was and getting her to see the, to open up her vision and her perception on what was going on.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think that is such a key. If we could focus more on, seeing our own vulnerability as someone else's opportunity to shine. Mm -hmm. I think that could help to change the perception because instead of seeing it as an opportunity for us to be weak, it's an opportunity for somebody else to shine.
0: 100%.
1: Not sure how we do that. Other than just creating awareness. I mean, awareness is
0: always. The key. Yeah. Awareness. I mean. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I, in in doing a little research, I literally typed in the word vulnerability, and podcast, and I came up with Jason Rosario, and he is an Afro um, Latino man, and it was just interesting as he was talking about, you know, we talk so much about women, mm-hmm. and his what caught me is he called he. I guess it's his word. He coined this word, machoism, macho, macho, machimo. and about how men have the learned belief, right, particularly in the in the black community, in the Latino community, to not express emotional pain, pain, or the pressure they feel around masculinity and being stoic. Yeah. Right? And so he's talking about you know their perception of being vulnerable. Like in the workplace, in the workplace, or being parents, and yeah. what it's like, and, and like ending the cycle of macho is a mo, machismo, machismo. Oh, holy shit! That's it. You've heard of it too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> can't read my writing. Well, that's what I was thinking as like, you were talking. Jesus, I wonder if just talking that about. Not, I knew I was. As I was saying, I was like, that is not right. I have yeah. listened to it. <laughs> Shit. No, I do that
1: too. I do it all oh, the God. time. The words just coming of your in.
0: coffee out on that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there I am being vulnerable. That's right. That's right. <laughs> sticking and me. sticking it out there, just shining. That's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have just a naked dream tonight, myself. won't you? Let me let me just open my neck up, expose myself. Yeah. Yeah, no neck and dreams tonight, right? <laughs> but
1: for for men, I do think it's even harder yes. to be vulnerable. We don't talk about men and vulnerability and men don't talk about men and vulnerability very often either.
0: No. And so so where my brain was going with this. I had a I had a connection. And he, he cited some, some research that males under the age of five are actually more sensitive, emotionally expressive than girls, but that at around age six, it starts going the other way. But what I was thinking about in particular with, you know, with the male community, and the black Latino male community. Is thinking about our, is if I said outlier population or mm-hmm. uh, how marginalized, I think might yes. be the word. And maybe that's not even the word I want to use, but mm-hmm. what everyone brings to the table, right? Considering the whole person and their experience that they bring, to, whether it's to the workplace, whether it's where you go to the grocery store, you know, that and the, the collective experience that every human has, how it is more than just an exchange of niceties at a checkout counter when you're buying your groceries that every person mm-hmm. has that story built up and their risk of being vulnerable comes with them. Yeah. The fear, the, the stories. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. No, I think, I think we carry around a lot of that. Like I said, it's the, the whole bootstraps. It's a myth. I, I, I just won't call it anything but a myth. But, but why are
0: you calling it? I'm I'm just curious because you know uh, to me it <laughs> what it means is you know it's what they thought, right? It's right,
1: but I think it is so ingrained in American culture that to be I don't want to say important, but we value people, especially you know people who are already high up, like I don't know Jeff Bezos or somebody like that. We don't want to. Hear that they were a trust fund baby and had everything they needed and were in the lap of luxury and created a huge corporation. We want to hear that they were poor and they had no support and they had, you know, they figured it out. They pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. That is a story deep within our culture. We like those stories because they Isn't give us that hope story? that we can be that person. It is a story, but it's a myth too, because nobody does it without help. Nobody. I'm not saying somebody's there to give you a bag of money, Yeah, but somebody okay. is there supporting you in some way. Yeah. Even if it's a small kindness along the way, a teacher who mentored you, nobody does it. And, and so I call it a myth because I want to get rid of the perception
0: that we succeed on our own. Boy, I'm going to tell you what, my brain just went down to, you know, I can't even keep my mouth shut. My family, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> just going to say
0: it <laughs> that, um, you know, my parents had a, a lot of success mm-hmm. and that, Oftentimes, many, many, many times, people gave credit to my dad, mm-hmm. right? And he didn't get there alone. He had my mom right there with him, supporting. And they, you know, there were, and they had other. But I'm thinking like marriages, yes. That that how we are culturally, like how the male gets the credit, yes, for the success, and the woman is staying home raising the kids, or and and working.
1: Yeah, we are a society created to be a society, to be in community, Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: we don't do things alone. And men don't do things more important things than women. And when they carry that mantle around that I'm the man, I have to do all the important things. That's not fair to them. It's also not fair to the women. So yeah, there is a story where men are afraid to be vulnerable. There is a myth. (laughs) <laughs> we need to blow that up sorry I wasn't planning on preaching today
0: no but I love it because it you know you're schooling me here too because then my mind thinks about last week or a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the uh the client that I had that went on the retreat or the the business thing and they got out on the sand yes. it was like all about his macho yes or things versus you know there's a handful of women there yeah. but he he the his level of inability to be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. right? Because he had to make it physical.
1: Yes. Because he was comfortable with the physical. Right. Right. And when we're being vulnerable, we are never comfortable. We are, we are naked
0: dreaming it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then there's also, when we think, I think about this is like the ability to articulate Mm -hmm. what you're feeling. And I think in the male culture, they are not exposed to that. Right. I mean, if if we're going to go with the myth, Mm -hmm. the the value in it is they aren't exposed to other males Mm. who are exposing themselves and being vulnerable and talking about their feelings.
1: Unless they're talking, using them to talk about how weak they are. You know, if, if, guys are talking about their failings, Ooh, that's, that's weakness. Those aren't the guys, those aren't the kids you want to be son. That
0: hurts my heart a whole lot. It it does. it does. That's going on,
1: but it's not just men. And this is where I bring my, myself into it. You know, I got a feelings wheel on my wall because I need a constant reminder that there are feelings out there more than just glad, mad, and sad. So it, it is mainly men. But a lot of us struggle with being vulnerable with our feelings and knowing what they are. Mm -hmm. And I still sometimes can't get past positive and negative. I know if it's positive or negative, but I can't get much past that. Hmm.
0: I think I feel them all. (laughs) (laughs) I think I can name them all individually. Individually. I know them all well down to to the 10 minute mark. How do people practice vulnerability?
1: Because that's what it takes, right? That's what we preach on everything. You've got to practice it.
0: Well, I think like we might be a prime example. I'm just going to put us out there showing up on these podcasts and and being willing to put our words out and being willing to uh, set ourselves up for hopefully praise. And there's going to be criticism at some point (laughs) that people aren't going to agree, but we're willing to show up and say our words and try to have intellectual conversations that are stimulating for both us and our listeners. I find a, a large degree of vulnerability that I, when I'm coaching, um, yes, when I'm yes. coaching live so much so that i I think I'm thankful that I can tune most of it out mm-hmm. mostly after when I think, Oh, that took, that was really courageous. <laughs> it takes a lot of courage. Right.
1: Isn't? correct me here if I'm wrong, but, but doesn't
0: Brene Brown call vulnerability, courage, walking, right? Like it means you've got some, you're in the arena of life. Yes. Got some skin in the game.
1: Yes. You are being courageous by putting yourself out there. And yeah, I I always think about that when you're live coaching, how, uh, how much I admire you for having the courage to do that because it takes courage.
0: It does. And it's, it gets better with practice. I, I'm sitting here kind of a little amazed at myself. I try not to think about it too much. I don't think I am a little nervous, got some sweat coming out right now.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. but even, you know, a lot of people don't live in a way that maybe their vulnerability is going to be that big, at least the first time, yeah. but there are small ways we can be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. and practice it and sometimes it's it's good I think to to practice those little ways I said I was practicing being vulnerable you know Mm -hmm. accepting help when it's offered to me Mm -hmm. that's a very small practice apologizing Mm -hmm. yeah when maybe I feel like I have not been the person that I need to be in a situation Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that's a vulnerable place for person for a person to be sometimes.
0: And see, and, and it's, it's so funny. I mean, when I hear that and I'm, and I know, I know intellectually, I get it, but I'm thinking like personally, but it, if it aligns with your values of being mm-hmm. authentic, authentic and true mm-hmm. trusting, then maybe it's not as exposing as it sounds. So let's, let's think oh, about this. But you this. are saying like little, like, right? Like little. Yes.
1: But think about this in terms of the model. So let's, let's take this whole apologizing. Let's say I told a student that, that they're a horrible writer. Okay. Let's say that I just, I lost my cool one day and I said, you're a horrible writer. You should never write again. So my thought was probably something like, I don't know how to help this person. And the feeling was exasperation. And so in that moment, I said those words. Mm-hmm. my values are what lead me to be vulnerable my values say that I am authentic and genuine and I don't tear people down I build people up mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's my values that lead me to think well I need to apologize mm-hmm. I mean you know we can get into the whole apology thing and thoughts and and some people say well according to the model it's what they think
0: ultimately Yeah, I wasn't breaking it down in models, but I was into the values, like, but if it's value, yes, being that leads leads
1: me to say, I'm going to apologize, because that's what my values Mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. And so that
0: takes so much awareness for, again, coming back to that awareness, to knowing that feeling when you're not in alignment, or in integrity integrity. with yourself. Yep.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, that's where I said, I I don't often, sometimes I can't get past the positive or negative. I don't know exactly what the feeling is, but if I've got that negative little feeling hanging on to me, it's probably because I am not in integrity in some way.
0: Yep. It's just your indicator to check in.
1: Yeah, exactly. Red lights, red lights. Yeah, that's what I'm flashing my my lights here. (laughs) But that's what leads me to examine that and think, oh, huh. Now, if I told a student that it'd probably be ever present in my brain for a little while, I mean, that would be an easy one to figure out. But sometimes I really have to dig in and think, what is this negativity that's hanging on to me? And it's, oh, I did this thing and that goes against my values. And that's why I'm feeling this way. And so maybe I need to reach out to somebody and be vulnerable and say, I'm not perfect. You're
0: not? What?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, girl. Yeah. So, I mean, I do think we need to we need to practice small opportunities to be vulnerable.
0: Yeah, you can build that muscle. Yeah. Get In the arena. Yeah. Let's get some skin in the game. Be nice. I'm like, be nice. <laughs> Kindness is everything. Yes,
1: it is. I have that. I have that on the back of my car. <laughs>
0: not wearing my shirt today. But.
1: yeah You're be kind. I didn't even think about that when we did the mm-hmm. kindness, but I do. I, I have, I, I I did have wear a bumper that sticker that says kindness <laughs> is everything. Yeah.
0: Matters. Kindness matters.
1: I, I meant to say this earlier, but another thing, this isn't related to vulnerability necessarily, but many times when we need to ask for help and we're not asking for help, it's because we have a manual for other people. We think they should be offering or we think they should be doing the thing. Oh my gosh.
0: That's a whole nother side of the coin right there. It, it is. <laughs> That's but a I just, whole nother set of feelings. It,
1: it is. And it's a whole nother podcast too. Uh huh. But I do want people to be aware that uh-huh. if, if you're feeling like, well, somebody, I shouldn't have to ask. Somebody else should, uh, they should know that I need help right now. Oh, there, sister! I know. I'm like,
0: oh, it is. It's a big one. Oh, I know. I'm like, that's a uh, that's a whole other relationship to work on, right there.
1: Yes, yes, it is. So just be aware that that that's a Mm -hmm. chance to work on a different part of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's also an indicator. Oh, well, maybe I need a little vulnerability instead of thinking everybody else should know what I need.
0: Yeah, yeah. You be vulnerable with yourself. Yes. And that's the bottom line where, where all of this goes is because it's the perceived fear of what others will think, but really it's you getting in with yourself and being honest with yourself and what you need. Mm -hmm. And the only person you're hurting by not asking for help or being vulnerable with is yourself. It's self-examination.
1: Yes. Well said. Yeah. All right. Anything else we want to say before we wrap this one up?
0: Mm think of anything
1: all right if you are working on your emotional exposure (laughs) on your vulnerability and you would like someone to coach you through that uh, you can find me at sonyagreencoaching.com or on instagram at sonya s-o-n-y-a underscore green coaching
0: And if you would like coaching on weight loss and all the things that come up in between, you can find me at No BS Losing 100 Pounds with Corinne Crabtree. Uh, You can find me on Instagram and that is just Judy, (laughs) J-U-D-I. Yeah. J-U-S-T,
1: J-U-D-I.
0: Yeah. We would
1: also love for you to share this podcast with someone or Give us a review on Instagram, and it doesn't have to be a five star review. We're going to be vulnerable. If you have criticism, we'll take it. You can do that as well. Oh,
0: that's a that would be an expression of our vulnerability.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> feedback. We Willingness to give we it. We will face and to negative feedback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye, y'all.